My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. What's the difference between the confidential documents Joe Biden didn't return and the confidential documents Donald Trump didn't return? If you're a Republican, nothing. Marion McKeown of the Sunday Business Post is back in Washington, and I'm pretty sure she has the answer. Marion, did you take down the entire airline network? on your journey back to America. <laughs> is this you or is it the Russians? I th- well, it was, I, you know, I'm not going to say we work together, but honestly, I swear to God, every time I fly these days, something seems to happen. When I was flying over to Ireland, British Airways cancelled all their overnight flights. There was a massive storm. Everything cancelled. And then I'm coming back and they decide the powers that be in America for the first time since 9-11 that they're going to shut down all the flights. Well, it is very so odd, I, I should take it, it in really, shouldn't I? Yeah, it, well, it is odd. It does make you wonder whether you should ever leave America again, Marion. It seemed to fall apart. Or go uh, back. When you left. <laughs> but the, to quickly cover it, the airline situation, to me, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. In fact, I'm the opposite. Whenever somebody presents me with a conspiracy theory, I immediately present them with the common sense po- possibility In this situation, I feel like we're not being told exactly what went wrong. What are you hearing went wrong? Is it as simple as file did not load? They're saying that it was, you know, a technical thing, but they're not saying a whole lot. And I think when the powers that be, especially in transport or whatever, have a massive shutdown and then aren't all that clear about why it happened, because, you know, British Airways said uh, in, in uh, late December, oh, we had a technical problem, so we had to cancel all our overnight flights. That was all they told us. It's like, well, what kind of a problem exactly? So I don't know. I am not at all a conspiracy theorist. I think something obviously happened here. There was some glitch. There was something. What they did say, and I read their statement, is that they, they shut it all down out of an abundance of caution. It could have been something that, that it, you know, to prevent potential collisions in midair or to prevent knows. But as I said, there is apparently an investigation into it because there's an investigation into everything these days. Yes. But I think there should be because you cannot really have the whole of the US grounded for a couple of hours without finding out why. Yeah. And it's not just the inconvenience, it's the national security. It's precisely to prevent conspiracy theories from mushrooming all over the place. You you are not hearing conspiracy theories around it. You're not hearing a possible Russian cyber attack. Oh, you know, you hear... I discount so much of this stuff, Charlotte. Like you hear it for sure, but you just think, well, show me the beef. Show me yeah. the beef here. Where where are you getting this from? And I'm quite happy in this instance to wait for the transport safety and to wait for the feds to come back and say, okay, look, slightly embarrassing maybe that we lost the stick. Remember those sticks used to 
put into the side of the computer with all the info or whatever. Oh, yeah. USB. And, and, and if yeah. it was a national security thing, then also we need to know about that as well. And we, people need to be reassured that they responded appropriately and promptly. But at the moment, we don't really know a whole lot. As I said, except for the big coverall, there's an investigation being carried out. So we'll, well see. Last week in the show, on the second half, in the Patreon juicy golden exclusive section of the show <laughs> that you can only gain access to by becoming a member yes, and enjoying the up. good things in life over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad, we discussed the Walter Mitty of US politics, George Santos. And in the free component of our show, we will get to that because there's there's quite a bit to cover before we get to Joe Biden and the scrutiny over his handling of government secrets on Wednesday after a batch of classified materials was reportedly found at a location linked to him. And I have to be so careful about the language that I use there, Marion, because it yeah. is sketchy, the details, to say the least. They are. Now, where do you want to start? Should we start with George Santos or Joe Biden? Well, well I think we should pick. start with the fact that last week when we met for the first time face to face, we were Indeed. giggling about Kevin McCarthy facing six rounds of votes and how mortifying <laughs> that was. <laughs> when it hit 15, Marion, I mean, oh my God, it, it really had entered the realm of calamity. And by all accounts, he pretty much had to give away the house to get this seat. Yeah, I'm up on Capitol Hill now and there there have been a couple of things happening today so far. You see these charges of people, everybody running and shouting in a hurry. And you know, there are either two people in their sights. Now, by this, I mean mainly journalists. One is Kevin McCarthy and the other is George Santos. And to a point where I was actually in Statuary Hall earlier when Santos was spotted and he was chased to his new office across over in the buildings outside of Capitol Hill. And he was asked if he's going to resign. And I was like, are you going to resign? And he said, I, if 142 people say I should resign, then I will resign. And to which we all immediately respond, well, who are these 142 people? Is it the first 142 randomers off the street? Is it 142 people working in Walmart? Is it 142 people in Congress? Is it 142 Republicans? Like, you know, where, what, where did this number come from? Because there is no congressional rule or committee or resolution that requires a number of 142. It's a number that he literally just plucked out of the air, it seems, unless he's he good at plucking things out of the air. He's uh, good at that. that that's that's his forte. So maybe catch the listeners up, those that aren't here last week for the second half of the show as to exactly what this man's done and how it has revealed this unusual rule that means that you can lie to get elected and nobody can do anything about it. Pretty much. Okay, let's go back. This guy, George Santos, decided he was going to run out in uh, Long Island against a very well-known Democrat called Tom Sozzi. Now, he's, been, he's an establishment guy, but because of Lee Zeldin running, there was a big, you know, the Republicans picked up quite a number of votes in New York for various reasons. And George Santos was one of the lucky ones that he was narrowly elected over the incumbent guy. Now, he ran on a CV, which was honestly heartwarming, brilliant stuff. He was went to a brilliant school as a child. He was the captain of a volleyball team that led them to victory. He went on to go to fantastic colleges. He worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. He was a financial whiz. 
His mother, God rest her, who did die a couple of years ago, was apparently working in the World Trade Center. She was a financial, a corner office on one of the top floors when 9-11 happened. She died a couple of years ago directly as a result of the 9-11 attacks, apparently. But even preceding that, his grandparents were Jewish Holocaust survivors. Now, all of this takes a lot of boxes in New York. Let's face it, you know, it's got, New York has a significant Jewish population. Everyone in New York was in some way almost affected by 9-11. These are things that resonate with New Yorkers, as do big success stories, the the up-by-the-bootstrap stories. But the reality was very, very different. He didn't go to any of the schools or colleges that he said he went to. He didn't work for Goldman Sachs. He didn't work for Citibank. His grandparents are not even Jewish, much less Holocaust survivors. They are. They come from Brazil originally. And his mother, and nothing wrong with this, was a cook who did not speak very good English by all accounts. In fact, barely spoke English at all. She certainly was not a financial executive in a corner office in the World Trade Center. So he made up all of this stuff. And he made up other stuff as well. He was the captain of the volleyball team that won X, Y, and Z championship. Like little things as well as big things. Just and, and that he was gay. Like, went on this. Oh, yes, indeed. So he also said, I'll be the first openly gay Republican to be elected. Now, he, I think he is gay. We can't know anything for sure, but he was married previously to a woman. He never mentioned that anywhere in his CV. But one of his former boyfriends was tracked down. And he said, this guy, <laughs> this guy is basically the biggest chancer that was ever born. He said that when he was with them, that he used to constantly skip out on his rent. He wouldn't pay his rent, wouldn't pay his rent. And then he'd jump out on the landlord and basically leave a trail of debt behind. Didn't pay bills, didn't pay for anything. Told this guy at one stage, oh, I'm going to bring you to Hawaii for a big five-star trip. You know, I'm going to spoil your rotten, et cetera, et cetera. And then told him they were found themselves in this grimy apartment looking at each other on the day they were supposed to go to Hawaii. And he said, oh my God, the tickets must have gotten lost in the post. Yeah. Don't know how this happened. So there Classic is a shyster move form yeah. here. Yeah, just little and large, like big things as well as little things. But anyway, extraordinarily, he was elected and he did. Now, as we said last week in Patreon, juicy bit where everybody get a co- the price of coffee, coffee, cup of coffee a month, I believe it still is. So get out there and join. And we said that he was elected and he did go to Congress. Now, his election coincided with the Kevin McCarthy, for want of a better word, shit show. Okay. Mm. So Kevin McCarthy needed a majority of, he, he, there are 222 Republicans in the House at the moment versus 212 Democrats. The narrowest majority, well, I mean, the Democrats had a razor to the majority previously, but this is something that it's, the Republicans won by the hair of the splendorous of, of any hair you can imagine by the skin of their teeth. So Kevin McCarthy, people were calling for his resignation immediately. New York Republicans, they're saying, get this guy out of here. He doesn't deserve, he wasn't elected. A phony CV was elected. The, yeah. the real George Sanchez was not elected, but Kevin McCarthy could not afford to lose a single vote. So he then, for the most cynical reasons, decided, no, 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 I'm going to back George Sanchez. And he said it again today at a press conference I attended earlier. You know, he, he made some case. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is not the most coherent of people at the best of times about the American Constitution. And under the American Constitution, George Sanchez is entitled to serve 
the voters are the power. The voters made the decision, and he has a right to serve. Nope. If there is something that rises to the occasion that he did something wrong, then we'll deal with that at that time. And he said, then he said, voters elected him, not mentioning they elected a phony CB. He's seated, and they said he's part of the Republican conference, and that he will go before the ethics committee, apparently, which is talk about being savaged by a dead sheep. You know, the ethics committee, which is led by uh, Republicans at the moment, takes about five years to figure anything out. And so that is absolutely meaningless. That's just kicking it down the road for, uh, to two years' time. And then he said, but you know what? We won't let him on any committees where there are any security issues involved, any national security. So he won't be on intelligence. He won't be on armed services. He won't be on any of the A committees. But no first-term electee is ever on an A committee. That just doesn't happen. If you're a newbie, if you're a rookie, you get in there for two years and you suck up to everyone and then you get on a committee if you're very lucky or if you're Marjorie Taylor Greene on the second go-round. But, you know, so this was completely disingenuous of McCarthy to say this. And he's basically saying, if I'm throwing it over to ethics. If they find something, fine. But in the meantime, he's staying in Congress he is a vote that Kevin McCarthy desperately needs, and he ain't about to get rid of him. Not wow. when he's got Matt Gates and the rest hanging out wow. in the wings, just waiting to vote for him to vacate the Speaker's chair yeah. at the first possible okay. opportunity. Well, well, look, that brilliantly summed up, as always, Marion, in a nutshell, within the first 15 minutes of our conversation. But we do need to talk about the 15 rounds of voting with Kevin McCarthy offering all of these concessions. As Matt Gates said, he... Uh, he ran out of things that he could imagine to ask for, was his explanation of how this <laughs> came about. The, I, the near... Maybe the keys uh, to his car you, yeah, his well, deli in California. Well, well, I think he probably would have handed both over. When we're talking about American sports, they say things got chippy when people nearly end up in a fight. What do we know yeah. about what took place now that the dust has settled? Mike Rogers was prevented by Richard Hudson from doing what we all want to do. Punch Matt Gates in the face. Punch something that probably his mother oh, wanted dear. to do as a child. It's the most punchable face in the world. And he has a spectacularly punchable face. I Richard, will agree with you on that. Richard Hudson should be impeached for what he did. He prevented this. Or is Mike, Mike Rogers prevented Richard Hudson from doing it? What was said? Do we know anything about what the interaction was that led to this? Right. Well, I don't know what precisely was exchanged between McCarthy. There was a squabble. We saw McCarthy, you know, round 14, the humiliation. It couldn't, you think it just couldn't get any worse. And he has to go on up to Matt Gay. It's the seating and that Matt Gates is loving every second of it. And McCarthy is pleading with him at first. And then you can see he's getting really angry and there's a lot of hand movements. And Matt Gates, by his expression, if not by his words, appears to be giving McCarthy the two fingers all mm. the way. Mm. And McCarthy, then Mike Rogers. Now, what putting two and two together here, Matt Gates is on the Armed Services Committee. He's already on that committee. And I don't know if he was looking for the chair manship or the gavel for one of the armed services subcommittees. Now, Mike Rogers was the ranking member on the armed services committee. He, he loads Matt Gates, but I think he got wind that what was being discussed down there was that Matt Gates was saying, give me armed services, give me armed services, that he basically wanted Mike Rogers, chairman of the armed services committee, 
I think it was actually one of the subcommittees that he wanted. Anyway, I'm sure he, whatever he wanted, he's going to get. But, but for Mike Rogers, when he got wind of this, because of course the whole thing was going like wildfire around what's he saying, what's he saying? And so Mike Rogers comes storming down and he's about to basically flatten Matt Gates. And, you know, when he gets wind that he wants his job on the committee and that, furthermore, Kevin McCarthy, Mike Rogers is an absolutely loyal McCarthy supporter. And the thought, the very thought, which a lot of Republicans who are McCarthy supporters have had, that Kevin McCarthy would take stuff away from them, the loyal McCarthyites, and hand it to these thugs, the Never Kevins, who are making McCarthy's life hell and who will continue to do so and who humiliate them so spectacularly. So they are fu- they're furious about this. Anyway, as I said, for Rogers, it seems it was just a bridge too far. Yeah. And he was hauled off. And not By only the mouth. The, but that's the mouth. First of all, it was a headlock, I think, or it was an <laughs> attempt at a, at a headlock. And he sort of shook. And then his body just slammed his hand over his mouth, almost so he couldn't say anything else. <laughs> That would make things worse. And, you know, you see this in Congresses from, from countries that, that yep. Donald Trump would refer to in a very unflattering way. And Jared Koppel, when you see it in America, and of course now McCarthy's being called the squeaker of the house because he got, he literally squeaked through into the office. But, you know, for him, that's enough. He was prepared to give away everything. And it seems and earlier at the press conference, he was asked about what he had given away and he just shrugged it off. And wouldn't answer directly and said that the rules commit the rules changes that he agreed on on January 1st were pretty much the same as the ones now, except for now just one person can vote for his ouster instead of five people, which is down, of course, from 50 people when Nancy Pelosi was speaker. Yeah. But, you know, the devil is in the details and we haven't got the details yet. And it seems that the committees are being appointed at the moment and will be appointed this week and next week. And we'll see then who got what. Mm. We'll see what McCarthy gave away. And I suspect we'll continue to keep, we'll keep continuing to see what he gave away. And I think a lot of the Republican moderates, as I said, the people who support him, will be really kind of disheartened by this whole thing and, and probably pretty angry with McCarthy. But then again, it was literally... He he did, they will say, and he will say he did what he had to do to become speaker. And furthermore, nobody else wanted the darn job. But you know, Marion, the, Jordan, the, the man's... Jim Jordan wants to be... Yeah. But the man's, like, dignity in this just yeah. seemed he to be... He didn't have much to start. I mean, he, he, Matt Gates could have said, if you run around the house in the nip Make once, it. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, he literally... Felt like he could ask for yeah. anything. Anything. And the, like anything. I, I start like you made the analogy last week in the show that it was the guy at the local dance going down the line going, Will you dance with yes. me? Will you dance with me? Will you, yeah. you know? And you, you know Just keep on going. Oh, whenever I saw that happening as a kid, I thought, How much does this guy want to dance with a girl? Yeah. Like uh, nothing's yeah. worth this level of humiliation. It like but, in in the end of this, Kevin McCarthy is left with this impotence and this kind of mealy mouth, yeah. whereas just this oh in charge that they've stripped him of everything. And in on the other hand, this Freedom Caucus that you might explain to us a bit better can basically act as a sniper on anything oh, that's yeah. coming through the House. They can just shoot down anything. They can't yeah. really add anything, but they can stop anything, effectively grinding the place to a halt as a result 
of this man and his just magnetism to the chair that he just literally will do anything for the chair. Am I yeah. right in saying all that? No, you're absolutely right. I'm going back to the sad bloke looking for a dance analogy. It's as if he went down the road once and then twice and then 15 And then asked the bouncer. Somebody finally took pity on him and said, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but And all the way offering inducements. Yeah. So, I mean, it's actually so much worse than that scenario. To me, Kevin McCarthy never had much dignity to start with. He was always a yes man. He was always a how do you want me man. He was Trump's biggest acolyte. Well, one of them because there were so many and biggest suck up. And you may remember because I certainly do after January 6th after the storming of the Capitol and the vandalism and the violence and the injuries. In the middle of it all apparently McCarthy rang Trump to say call off your mob and Trump said well I guess these people are more upset than you are about the election being stolen Kevin. And then McCarthy made a comment to a woman, a Republican woman who's no longer in Congress, saying basically that he was done with Trump and that Trump, Trump bore responsibility. And the same thing was picked up during a congressional phone call. Well, you know, as soon as Trump got wind of that, Kevin McCarthy trotted down pronto to Mar-a-Lago, where he literally, having said that Trump bore responsibility, he did a complete U-turn. And stood like, it was like a hostage photo beside Trump and Trump grinning and him standing there shamefaced and then came back out and doubly, triply self-abased himself by gushing over Trump, by literally going down to kiss the ring in Mar-a-Lago and by saying, you know, so sorry, so sorry, you know, Mr. Trump, I should never have said that. I didn't mean a word of it. Of course, you're the greatest thing that ever happened. Of course, you're not responsible. And when you saw that, you just thought, dear God, yeah, you know, yeah. dear God. He didn't I mean, just really. kiss the ring. He shifted the ring and, uh, yeah, and where, groveled. And, yeah. And where we are oh. now, like, let's, we will get to the Biden documents, but where we are now is essentially the Republican vengeance-a-thon. Revenge-a-thon, is, is that a good word for what they're about to head now. out on? Uh, <laughs> uh, 42 kilometres, 26.2 miles of rage, vengeance, pettiness, vindictive sackings, oustings, committees and investigations to get them back for what they did. Is the Biden documents yeah. thing part of that or is this just totally separate and a great little news moment for Republicans to draw attention away from, as you said, the shit show of last week. I think it certainly will be. And Republicans are regarding this as, you know, Christmas come late, that this is their gift from Santa, because they are now saying absolute the hypocrisy of the Democrats. They knew this all along when they were beating up Donald Trump. They knew that Biden had stashed documents, etc. Now, none of this at the moment, we don't know is if it's true or not. And But we certainly, the equivalency that they're trying to make is completely false for reasons I will get into. But just as you said, to get into the vengeance, at the moment, they have set up already a select committee, which will be headed up by Jim Jordan, into the weaponization of government. Now, the irony is, if anyone weaponized the government during his term, it was Donald Trump. We saw Bill Barr lying about the contents of the Mueller report, whitewashing the whole thing. We saw him going after Trump's enemies. We saw just a, a, an appalling display of the behavior within the Department of Justice, which culminated with the letter that was that they were going to send out Jeff Clark, a, a Department of Justice aide, 
who was going to send out a letter to all of the swing states saying there has been massive fraud in the election. Hold all of your hold all of your electoral college votes. Don't do anything. A completely phony letter that was going to be sent out by the Department of Justice by this guy Jeff Clark, who is a Department of Justice official. Um, so long as Trump made him acting Attorney General. So this is the level of weaponization that went on. They're just two points during the Trump years. Now, the, so the, this committee into the weaponization of government, which sounds like something out of a George Orwell novel, will look into the FBI and how they are doing Trump's or how they're doing Biden's bidding, how they are just Democratic stooges, according to the Republicans. They're looking into the Department of Justice, into Merrick Garland, into how he is apparently totally corrupt and just a puppet of Biden's. Now, anyone who knows Mary Garland, and I don't know, but I've spoken to a lot of people who do, say that you could not get a more by-the-book, down-the-line, moderate figure in the Department of Justice. A lot of Democrats were really frustrated and fed up when Biden picked him because they didn't think he would go nearly far enough in checking the excesses that were perpetrated by the Republicans. So anyway, so they're looking into, they'll probably look into the Department of Motor Vehicles too, for all we know. You know, they're, they're going to look into every department and see, find this evidence of where the government has been weaponized to do the Democrats' bidding. So that'll take them God knows how long. Then there's another committee which is investigating, and this is what they're calling it, the Biden family business. Now, they, that's an improvement from what they were previously calling it, which was the Biden crime family. So now it's, the Biden family business. It's not Hunter Biden. This umbrella group will encapsulate Joe Biden as well. Joe Biden, I think this is widely known. I think we've said it before. He was in the Senate until he was tapped to become Barack Obama's vice president, 2008, 2009. He was there for about 32, 34 years before that. He, all the senators, you know, you can go through their financial records of all of the senators in the US Senate, Republican and Democrat, he was the poorest when he left. He lived literally on his Senate salary. He never took fees for other things. He never took sort of the lobbyist dollars. He literally just had a very, very modest, his Senate salary, which is a good salary, obviously. Yeah. But he wasn't one of those people who was rakish in the side to the point when his son, Bo Biden, got brain cancer, he didn't have any extra money. And he was going to sell the family's holiday home in Delaware. And it was Barack Obama who said, no, 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 don't do that. I can loan you the money. So, you know, if Joe Biden has money stashed somewhere, by God, he has stashed it well, because there is no evidence of anything that he has done that is in any way wrong. Now, it, as I say, this could, I could be disproven on this, but I mean, this committee is looking into Hunter Biden's business links into Hunter Biden should never have been on the board of Burisma. That was the Ukrainian energy company. And Joe Biden at the time was Obama's point man for Ukraine, for corruption in the Ukraine. Now, he should have stopped his son. People say, oh, he was just so distraught about Bo Biden's illness at the time. He had his eye off the ball. It was nonetheless a mistake. Hunter Biden should never have been allowed on that committee, purely for the optics. You know, his dad is the guy who's supposed to be stamp helping to stamp out corruption in Ukraine. And he's on the board of an energy company that is known for corruption. So it was a huge mistake, and it was a mistake that has really fed this Republican dog. So I think that that is something that will be investigated. And they're also going to look into his Chinese deals. They claim he got money, $3 million from the mayor of 
Moscow's wife, all kinds of things. Hunter Biden is a deeply troubled guy. He's troubled by addiction. He's also had a lot of business problems. I suspect he's not particularly bright. And he is also under investigation by the Inland Revenue for his taxes, which apparently are not in order. It is possible that there will be stuff found about Hunter Biden. Now, of course, we have the laptop and the pictures of him on the laptop smoking crack and naked and all kinds of humiliating pictures, which really are not in themselves of any significance and they're nobody's business. But if there are business dealings and signs of corruption on the laptop, then that is people's business. And if Hunter Biden, if there is enough evidence to charge him criminally, then he should be charged criminally. It's, you know, the fact that he is Joe Biden's son should not in any way interfere with that. But I think that this investigation should be carried out, certainly by the Department of Justice and the Inland Revenue, both of whom are doing it, as I understand. So I think that this committee, which is being set up to investigate the Biden family business, is, I suspect, much more about embarrassing Joe Biden, much more about making his life difficult and humiliating, rather than really rooting into business dealings that his son may have been involved in, which may or may not have been shady. We don't know at the moment. I I remember us having the discussion over Donald Trump saying that you can't investigate a president. It's too dangerous to do that while somebody's in office and that all that has to wait until afterwards. Is that surely not a defence that Biden is going to use in this situation? Well, I think that in this situation, Hunter Biden can be investigated. There's no, I don't see any issue with that. I mean, Joe Biden, I suspect, you know, look, Joe Biden, there's a priest and to show that a sitting president can't be indicted, can't be tried, but they have before been hauled before committees. Bill Clinton was hauled before a committee over Monica Lewinsky and Paul Jones and over the fact that he has committed perjury. You know, he was grilled during that. And it's possible that Joe Biden can be hauled before a congressional committee. Certainly, no indictment will be levied if, assuming there was any grounds for an indictment, which so far there seems to be absolutely none. But nothing would happen until after he left the White House. And that is the precedent. But as I say, this investigation is primarily into Hunter Biden. Now, what the Republicans are trying to say is that he was giving... Joe Biden a kickback, that he was giving him money, you know, for all the money that he made through using Biden's name to get on to, you know, to get involved in lucrative deals. Uh, all of that, you know, I, I, it's, it's basically, I think that there is, there may be a genuine desire on the Republicans, on some Republicans' part to get to the bottom of this and to see, did Hunter Biden unfairly avail of business perks because his father was vice president? But then you have to also, and I'm not doing what about him here, Ivanka Trump sat beside the Chinese prince president and she was given a whole bunch of patents the next day for China. You know, she like and so she directly benefited her her clothing company directly benefited from that connection. While while you know Donald Trump wasn't vice president, he was president. So, you know, you, you also have to look at Jared Kushner, the $2 billion deal. Yeah, but those of you wouldn't even say that you're dealing in whataboutisms. A lot of people would say that, you know, that, that can just be a coincidence that, yeah, that maybe those those patents were in motion and that, yeah, maybe that meeting did, you know, nudge things forward a little bit, but that that was another process that was taking place independent of that. I do want to get into the documents and what makes Biden's documents different from Donald Trump's. 
To hear the second half of this episode and every episode of Irishman in America, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad today. In return for your support, you'll gain access to hundreds upon hundreds of interviews with the greatest Irish people of all time and double-sized episodes with Marion each week. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.